Berkshire Football Stories podcast is sponsored by the Curious Academy, a skills hub running a sales academy, digital skills bootcamp and data analytics training in Reading. The Curious Academy is all about you and creating positive outcomes, whether that is finding a career, starting a business or just walking away feeling much more confident about life. Their programs are designed for people who have lost their way a bit and are looking to change their futures, maybe rebuild their confidence or be pushed slightly out of their comfort zone in a safe and friendly environment. Group sizes are small to ensure everyone has an opportunity to get involved. The Curious Academy delivers inspirational and fun programs designed to help people wanting to improve their skills, whatever their background. You can find out more at www.thecuriousacademy.co.uk. Hello and welcome to the Berkshire Football Stories Chat Podcast with me, Rob Davis, Tom Canning. Hello. And Abby Tysest. Hello, hello. Three of us haven't been together in the podcast studio for a little while, so it's uh, a sort of return to form, if you will, after a enforced mid-season winter break. Uh, but we're back and raring to go. Um, but unfortunately, the football on the pitch hasn't been kind to us. There's been a lot of rainabouts and a lot of cancellations. So what we're going to do instead is have a little bit of a look at um, how our clubs in Berkshire are getting on this season so far. A slight mid-season review, if you will. Uh, We're going to touch on uh, a few of the leagues about, so where there's some interest for Berkshire clubs, um, and uh, talk about a few uh, different individual teams as as well as uh, league promotion races or relegation battles in general. Um, But first, how are you two going? It's been a while, like I said, since we've been in the podcast studio. How have your Christmas and New Year's been? Really good. Yeah, Um, it was hectic. But yeah, otherwise, otherwise pretty good. Um, Yeah, as you say, there there wasn't a lot of uh, a lot of football. Um, I think unless you you followed a team with a 3G pitch, but even those suffered. Um, I saw there were a couple of games off at Burnham. For, for snow and stuff, you know, having a 3G pit doesn't mean that you're not affected by snow and ice. So, exactly. Yeah. How about you, Abby? How are you over the Christmas and New Year period? Mine was the opposite. Mine was very nice and quiet, but I appreciate that. I'm oh, all good. about the quiet Christmas and the New Year. So, no, all good. And um, Ascot's 3G was unaffected by the weather. So, I'm going to be smug about that. Oh, very good. <laughs> I realize. When, did, when did Burnham put a 3G pitch in there, in their place? In a little while. Okay. All right. Well, that's good. I tell you the exact. I couldn't tell you the exact date. I've only really paid much attention to to Burnham since we since we sort of took them under our wing this season. I, I sort of they were they were a team that I was very very sort of aware of, but um, in, and I must admit I've been very impressed with what they certainly what they do off the pitch and on online. They've 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 really made that place look like they're they're quite busy it's opened open for business so to speak absolutely okay well uh Burnham weren't actually one of the teams we were going to talk about today no <laughs> so let's uh shuffle into our mid-season review uh where to start should we start with uh reading women um so uh probably one of the highest status teams in the county at the moment uh certainly uh one of the highest status teams that we cover um we 
listeners to the podcast and fans of uh, Reading, we will, will be aware of stories regarding Emma McCandy uh, that have come out this week. Um, it's a very serious uh, news report and article that uh, we won't be covering today purely because we feel like tagging it on to a sort of pithy mid-season review isn't the right time to um, to discuss this topic. Uh, we'll go into it in more detail in a dedicated pod later in the week, so watch out for that one. But for now, we're just going to uh, have a review of Reading um, women's season on the pitch rather than the uh, headlines of it. So I hope you understand that, and we will talk about it in more depth at a, a later date. Um, so with that in mind... Um, over to you, Abby. How do you think Reading women are getting on this season compared to where you thought they'd be and uh, your ambitions for the team in the uh, at the beginning of the year? I'm trying to remember what I Where did I say I wanted us to place now? I feel like it was very ambitious when I consider where, yeah. where we are at this point. I think you're like... Well, I think you said maybe seventh or something like that. I can't, uh, I'll have to dig out the prediction league you did yeah. and sent over to me. But uh, uh, yeah, I felt like you were sort of on the outskirts of the, uh, making a challenge for the European places, but ultimately falling <laughs> short. I, I don't think I was gunning for that. I thought, I think at one point we were sort of floating around third and fourth and I was very ambitious thinking, oh, we might stay here for a while. But no, I mean, we've fallen at the wayside, haven't we? So um I don't. I yeah. I I don't know really. Like obviously we've had a bit of a break for a while, so it's kind of getting back back on the the wagon, I suppose. That, that there was the good the, the game against Spurs. That that win was very good and quite surprising actually as the, well. Um, the win was good. The match was not. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is very true. Um, and then. Whenever we play Chelsea, there's always five goals scored, but we never win. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's normally five against us. So the fact that we got two against them, like on the last league game of the the year last year, was good. But yeah, I think it was only. I assumed it might be a bit more of a bloodbath rather than three two. I don't really know where those two goals came from. Um, and I suppose rounding off the year with uh, a win against Coventry, but also getting knocked out of the Conti Cup is very. Uh, very Reading, I suppose, is how you could describe it, really. Um, we never do well in cups. I think I've accepted that at this point. <laughs> Tom, you so delightfully say to me about that all the time, so I think I'm just going to have to accept yeah. it. Um, so, yeah, out the Conti Cup, as per usual. Um, I think right now, really, um, I was talking to Ben Waite the other day, actually, who we've had on the podcast before. Um, we <laughs> The DMs that we send each other, it's just ramblings about... Reading, really, to be honest. Um, we're, we're essentially being bolstered by Brighton right now, doing not like just a bit worse than us. And obviously your beloved Leicester doing awfully as well, Rob. So okay. I'm assuming we're probably going to see them go down. But I, I mean, a bit of next season predictions. I assume we will be in that position next season. Um it doesn't look like we're going to make any signings in this transfer window. There's been a few rumblings. Um, I did write a post about it. Van Havermatt supposedly wants to move to United, but I don't think that's likely to happen. Um, I think we're potentially in the market for a Ghanaian midfielder, I think she was. But it seems like there's interest from other people. So, yeah, it's not been the greatest of seasons, I don't think. Um, all those sort of red marks against... 
against us in league games are looking more and more common and the green marks where we win games are looking less and less common mm. so yeah it's, it's not it's not been the greatest of seasons I'll be honest so where do you see the rest of the season going and what do you think Reading need to achieve that i.e any input from the in the transfer market or um a certain player getting their uh, goal scoring boots on or returning injury what what do you think reading can achieve and what they need to achieve it i mean we need dan rose back for sure mm. um I, I don't like i have no idea what the timeline on her injury is on that um so yeah i think she would be a real difference for us i'd be surprised if we see her with us next year as well because she is that good and she is that young so um we just that is that is what we really seem to be missing i think it's such a common place as well it doesn't matter where you are if you're in the wsl or right down to tier 7 in the development division of somewhere is that you just need a proven goal scorer a lot a lot of the time um <clears throat> and whilst we've got players who are consistent at getting a few in the back of the net like three or four goals a season is not not ideal that's not what we need so yeah it's been a real blow for us losing Dean Rose especially considering she had such a great season last year and this year looks like with with us being able to keep so many players that actually this could be a real decent run for us this year and then her being out has been a real blow so yeah it's a really tricky one I think yeah like I said I don't know when she'll be back so but we need her essentially. Mm. So, just having a quick look back through league tables over the last couple of years, and um, two, three seasons ago, Birmingham City stayed up with seven points, which is obviously where Reading are. Um, most teams get most teams um, that stay up get between eleven and fourteen. I think last season fourteen was was second bottom. Um, so, you could argue a Reading are already safe. But you could also say they probably need one or two more wins just in case either Leicester or Brighton or both get their act together. Yeah, I think it's it's just one down. Yeah, it's just one down. So it's um, Leicester look well, unless something uh, big changes around it. They did have a, a big uptick uh, the second half of last season, Leicester, but yeah. um, but they do look in a lot of trouble this year. Um, so Reading may well end up being safe, but how do you how would you grade this season so far if you were giving it a, a, a grading mark? Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go for a four out of ten. Four out of ten. Oh, yeah, not ideal. No, I, not personally, I I think they've shown fight. They haven't necessarily got the results, but I think they've shown a, a bit of a, ste- a bit of steely determination. So. Um, I'd probably mark them slightly higher than that, um, but you know they are still where they are. But they, you know, they're also a, a, a victim of of sort of the type of club that Reading is. I keep seeing that they're the only team in the FAWSL not properly affiliated or run by a senior men's side or a Premier League men's side, which you know has its disadvantages. Reading Football Club in the championship has its financial restrictions at the moment. So that's hardly the, the simple fact that they're still in the FAWSL is certainly something to be celebrated, but obviously everybody will want more than that. And there's no reason that they can't. Okay. Well, going from one club that uh, needs to show a bit of fight in the second half of the season to potentially two clubs, as we move on to the national league South and our two Berkshire sides, Slough and Hungerford town, uh, both having a bit of a tough season. Um, 
Tom, you wanted to talk about these guys. Slough, probably slightly more disappointing than Hungerford, although Hungerford are currently at the foot of the table, um, 16 points from 24 games and uh, seven points from safety. Slough, um, two points above the drop zone, uh, 25 points from 25 games in 18th spot currently. Uh, both sort of looking at a bit of trouble and probably need to up their game a little bit in the second half of the season. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a funny one, isn't it? Because they've, they've both had um, some off-the-field changes or are both going to yeah. suffer some off-the-field off changes. But both, ironically, showed, showed some real fight at the weekend. Um, yeah. Hungerford won um, for only the fourth time so far this season. They, they, they beat Dover Athletic 1-0 and Dover are... Um, that's certainly a mid-table. Yeah. yeah, certainly not one you'd expect them necessarily to win. And Slough came back from 3-0 down with some absolute belters um, against Tombridge Angels, Berkshire's favourite club, Tombridge Angels. <laughs> um, I never tire of seeing bad things happen to Tombridge Angels. Uh, on the pitch, on the pitch. Um, I, I wouldn't wish ill of them off the pitch. But it's. I, I, I feel like I've taken that report they wrote. Uh, a little bit too too much to heart. I just think it was a silly thing to write. Um, so yeah, they've both shown a little bit of fight, but they probably you know Hungerford need Hungerford really need to um, to to put some results together. Danny Robinson is obviously an excellent manager and certainly very capable of putting that together. Um, so I wouldn't count them out yet. Certainly none of the bottom four. Uh, you know, uh, Bobby Wilkinson's at Weymouth. Um, I I would certainly not put uh, I, all of the you know no one is adrift even Hungerford at the foot of the table they are not adrift and a few a few results in the right direction um, wouldn't go amiss they are obviously losing their chairman Pat Chambers at the end of the season he's going to Gloucester City uh, along with his wife Nikki uh, and Slough they you know as I say they, they you know both teams have shown fight um, Slough have changed managers an era defining. Um, duo in Neil Baker and John Underwood left, and they've and they've now got Scott Davis in charge. No, they're they're making a they're making a reasonable fight of it, and I don't think Slough will be in any trouble um, come the end of the season. But um, I think they've they've certainly got their budget restrictions, and they are they they are they are a bit limited in what they can do, and you know money talks, especially in the Vanarama National League. Mm, yeah, that's uh, quite tricky for both clubs at the moment. I did see this week Hungerford added a new uh, head scout, so yes. hopefully they'll be um, uh, able. That signals an intention to perhaps bring in a couple of players and or identify a few to bring in at least, and uh, maybe that can lead to sort of an uptick in fortunes for them. But uh, like I say, I think with Slough, they'll probably be okay, but. Getting a few results on the board early is always good. You don't want to be going into your last four or five games needing to get points on the board. So hopefully they can do just that. Um, but another side that have been putting lots of points on the board recently is Bracknell Town. Um, earlier in the season, they were sort of floating around mid-table, maybe towards the bottom half of the uh, Southern League Premier Division South. Um, and that was obviously no disgrace, being it as it was their first time in their history, they were at this level. Um, but ah, that's not entirely true, Rob. That's not quite true. They have played step three before. Oh, yes, yeah, sorry, first time, uh, for a long time, for a long time, they're at this level, and yeah, having been promoted last season, I should say. But, uh, uh, 
they've also had a change of manager, perhaps not uh, Bobby Wilkinson, who had taken them up, um, ended up, as you mentioned, leaving for Weymouth. And they was replaced by uh, Carl Withers and Jamie McClurg. And after sort of an initial, I wouldn't call it shaky start, but sol- perhaps a more solid start, they seem to be going from strength to strength. They're currently sitting in uh, sixth of the table, one place outside the playoffs, but they do have a lot of games in hand over the teams above them. They're on 20 games, uh, 36 points, and every team above them are on at least 22 games, uh, if not more. Um, yeah, and they're only one point outside those playoff positions. Um they're going. They're ticking along really well. Uh, of course, this is before we even mentioned the FA Cup run. Um, uh, they're uh, ticking along really well, and uh, yeah, it's for what was turning into a you know perhaps an understandable sort of uh, consolidating season, shall we say? Maybe it was looking slightly like that way at the begin towards the beginning of the year. Bracknell fans will probably be thinking a little bit about promotion now. Yeah, absolutely, and why and why not? Um... Playoffs certainly. Um, mm-hmm. You'd expect them to be in the playoffs come the end of the season. Um, they've made a few changes. I think Ben Harris and, and Guy Hollis. Certainly Ben Harris is a. I don't, I don't know much about Guy Hollis, but certainly Ben Harris I've seen play numerous times and um, in his previous spell at Bracknell as well. And you know, at the very least they'll have. They've got the goals to reach the playoffs. That's for sure. Mm, absolutely. Uh, did you see their? Um... I know we, it's more of a mid-season review, but from the weekend, a uh, penalty that may have, <laughs> may not have been legal or was judged to be illegal. Uh, did, I, anyone, did anyone see this? I've watched that video so many times and I still can't see that first touch that everyone's talking about. Yeah, No, so, so not from the angle that the video was. angle, for sure. <clears throat> if, so, the ref's, if the ref's seen that, fair enough. But I'm... <laughs> From uh, if anyone hasn't seen this, uh, listeners, the it, it's available on uh, on Twitter on social media. You'd be able to uh, dig it out there. But what's happened is uh, Brackle have had a, a penalty awarded. The striker, who was it? Um, Mikel uh, Platt. Mikel Platt, I think it was. Yeah, the, sticks the ball into the top corner. Uh, the camera angle is from behind the goal, but it's uh, ruled out for a double touch apparently. So, I mean, from the camera angle, as Abby and Tom say, from that camera angle, I. Cannot see a double touch, but uh, I who I've got knows? CSI with it as well. I've like <laughs> slowed it down, paused it. Like, I can't see it. It's like in the this is a very niche reference for younger children, but in The Incredibles, when uh, Dash <laughs> puts a pin on his teacher's chair, he's like, See, you can see it move with the seat. Yeah, that's what it makes me think of. I'm like, I'm, I, Am I just do I need some new glasses? I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I think you're fine. Up. I don't think anyone can see it in that video. If it did happen, then it's, uh, you know, it, perhaps the referee was at a better angle, but uh, it might have proved crucial as they ended up losing 2-1 to Chesham. Chesham, one of the um, few sides above them in the table. So, um, uh, yeah, an unlucky defeat perhaps, but uh, still uh, still Brecknell are well in contention for the playoffs. And like we say, this is before we mentioned the FA Cup. I was talking to the um, some Brecknell fans so after... Uh, Carl and JB's first game in charge. They drew, I think it was one all with uh, Hanwell, who in that at that point in the uh, season they were um, they were in the playoff positions and looked like a decent side. They've fallen away a little bit uh, now. Um, Hanwell were the side that came up with Bracknell from the ESPN uh, South Central last season. Um, but uh, I was talking to a few of their fans after the game, and they said, "Well, look, you know, we've come up from step four last season, so." 
sort of as long as we're not in any danger of going down, it'd be great um, to do that. And they also said to me, you know, if we could have a bit of a cup run and potentially get to say the fourth qualifying round and maybe get one of the uh, big national league sides um, to come down to Bottom Meadow, that would be fantastic. And obviously, they did one better. They went into the first round and had not just a big national league side, but a, a big side full stop come down in Ipswich Town. So. I think however this season ends for Bracknell, it will, is always going to go down as a positive one. Good, good, good. Any more to add on that before we move on, lady and gent? Nope. <clears throat> nope. Nope, not at all. Okay. Well, let's move on to the Combined Counties Premier Division North then. Uh, we have a bit of a, a, a Berkshire-themed title race going on. Um, and with a game coming up uh, very soon that will perhaps go some way to deciding which way this title race um, uh, will go. Abby, you're probably the best place to talk about this. We currently have Ascot top of the table, 17 games played, 46 points being chased down by Reading City, 16 games played, 42 points. Bit of a gap there, but Reading City do have a game in hand. So uh, how, has, how do you think this season has gone so far for Ascot? Can't really complain, can I? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, couldn't really have gone much better, to be honest. Um, yeah, just really... Yeah, I've sort of run out of superlatives to describe how, how good the season is and how great the team are. Mm. Um, yeah, just it's going really well. Obviously, we're on a nice cup run with the FA Vars right now as well. Absolutely. So, um yeah, it's, I think we talked about at the beginning of the season as well about how we how, how competitive we thought that this division was going to be, especially at the top of the table. So, and it's absolutely proven to be that. So, um, yeah, it's it's been a real joy to. I mean, this is very cheesy, but it's been a joy to be part of the journey with them so far. So, mm-hmm. yeah, no, just more of the same, please. Essentially, brilliant. Um, have you had much of a chance to view Reading City, your closest contenders? And uh, what do you make of their season so far? <clears throat> yeah, um, I mean, while well, I was there at the game when we were when we went to Scouse Lane, so um, I mean, Tom was there too as well. Yes, um, <laughs> mm-hmm. it was it was a very non-league game of football. Cool, yeah. yes. On that game, <laughs> uh, I don't it, know, Tom. What did you make of it? Well, I, so I I, um, I I thought that the game itself was. It, it was the kind of game where it just looked like no one was ever going to score. He could have played all week. It was it was one of those where both teams are strong defensively, both teams are good up front, and they just completely cancelled each other out into almost... Like there was a lot of people there watching that game. Um, I, I don't know what the actual attendance was, but um, it, it was it was just one of those games where where and then and then when Ascot did score, they got that that it was always going to take a little bit of magic, and and um, and it and it really was a great goal. It's actually in the goal of the month competition. Um, I haven't seen the results uh, yet, uh, and mm-hmm. I'm still I haven't sent the uh, video off to uh, Neil Baker yet, so uh, we don't know who the winner of that is. But um, you know, it was going to take a little bit of magic to to get a goal to break the deadlock, and uh, Ascot did break the deadlock. Unfortunately um, for them, um, Reading City also came back um, because suddenly, suddenly it was all up the other end, and um, it, it, 
I, I know anybody uh, who who I know who follows Ascot will almost certainly disagree with me, um, and pro- I imagine anybody who who I know who follows Reading City will probably disagree with me. But I would say a draw in that game was an absolutely fair result. <laughs> um, I did ask Simon Johnson about it because I, I, I about um, how how Reading City play because obviously last last season they were nowhere near. And I and I sort of asked him what what's changed because that's not a massive massive personnel change. But he, he, I said to him that um, you guys are, are really direct this season. And and all he said to me was we we've sort of taken a bit on board what other teams did last season that was successful and tried to tried to be a bit more like that. And and it certainly seems to be certainly seems to be working. So mm. um, that's that's obviously that's that's really good. Um, we've got a, as you say we've got a title race. Um, and I and I think last season. Neither side um, particularly looked like they were going to certainly win the division, but this time round, you know, who knows? Could be either. Um, I, I think I think Ascot probably have. Uh, probably, you would say you'd certainly say Ascot were the favourites, um, mm. but Reading City are there for the upset. Yeah, absolutely. Reading City, we should mention also, uh, still undefeated in that division. So, oh, well, they hadn't, I hadn't, I've forgotten about that. I haven't clocked haven't, that, so that's, that's great. Yeah, 13 wins and three draws so far. Um, cool. And uh, But obviously their next... Uh, well, actually, I haven't checked who they're playing at the weekend, but their next... Um, Flackwell. Uh, Flackwell, yeah, Flackwell. that's a toughie. Oh, That is a toughie. Another one of the sort of promotion contenders. They're at home to Flackwell. And then away to Ascot in midweek on Tuesday. That'll be oh. a... Uh, an interesting one to uh, follow for the local football fans. But like I say, two going up from that division, or potentially two going up, one automatically, and then one going into a playoff with the uh, one of the third or fourth uh, bottom sides from step four. So we could have one side going up and one side in the playoffs, and hopefully going up as well, which would be tremendous. But obviously there's a few other teams considering that division, uh, although uh, Ascot and Reading City do have... A little bit of a cushion in terms of games in hand. Um, Town, Flackwell Heath are both only a point behind Reading City, but they have played four games more than uh, the local side. Quite interesting there. Um, at the bottom of the table, uh, Woking Menembrook looking a little bit in trouble. Uh, they've, they're currently third bottom, two go down, uh, but they've played far more games than any of the other teams around them. They've played 20 games, 14 points, North Greenford, who are below them, are only two points behind with eight games in hand. Um, there are other, a couple of sides, Hollyport and uh, Wokingham and Crowbarsh, that are probably in that mix as well. You could even perhaps argue Windsor are, although they're uh, they're looking a bit more mid-table. But um, uh, yeah, Wokingham and Embrick, probably the Berkshire side, looking in the most trouble at the moment at the bottom of the division. And they are facing off against Hollyport this weekend. So that's a, uh, a, a big fixture or six pointer down the uh, end of the table. So hopefully, um, well, hopefully Woking and Embrook can pull away and Hollyport can stay out of trouble because uh, I think uh, certainly Hollyport and probably Woking as well have made a bit of a progress as the season have gone on. Berkshire Football Stories is sponsored by the Curious Academy, skills hub running a sales academy, digital skills boot camps, and data analytics training in Reading. To find out more, head to thecuriousacademy.co.uk. Um, right, before we go on to the Combined Counties uh, Div 1, um, you guys wanted to talk about another side that is in uh, contention for promotion, 
And that's Woodley United Ladies. Uh, Abby, why don't you give us the lowdown on uh, how they're doing uh, in, uh, remind me which division it's in. <laughs> they are in the Southern Regions, Division One North. Brilliant. Uh, so a fellow Berkshire sides, uh, Caversham United and Emsley in California are also in there with them. But I think, do you know what? I'm going to take lots of credit here because I said Woodley would be ones to watch this season. <laughs> um, so I'm going to assume they probably listened to the podcast and thought, yeah, Abby said we're going to be good this season. So we'll be good this season. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Not at all. Um, yeah, I think, um, I imagine so Mark Sessies would have reluctantly um, taken uh, relegation from the Premier Division. Um, it's probably a, quite a difficult decision to do, kind of elect yourself for to be um, relegated. But <clears throat> I think it's probably been the best thing for them, actually. And they've, a, they're a team that haven't really, again, also a, a team similar to a few other Barch sides who haven't really changed in terms of personnel. They've been playing together for quite some time, the kind of core group of um, players. But they, yeah, they're just on an absolute stormer of a run right now. I think it's I think it's eight clean sheets that they've got this season so far, um, and I think it's five unbeaten their their run at the moment. Um, they absolutely hammered Carterton, who are bottom of the table at the weekend, scoring nine nil. I think it was Molly Haynes with five goals, I think. But everyone was getting involved. Um, even Ellen Surtees scored a goal, and she's a staunch defender. So um, yeah, I think. The spoils were shared very nicely uh, amongst the team for them. Um, they were beaten by Ascot in the cup, but I actually think they're probably looking to have a decent league run right now and they're probably less bothered about any kind of cup runs. But yeah, just really some really decent scores from them and those clean sheets are making all the difference for them as well. So um, yeah, I think they're almost certainly... Um, looking for promotion again back into the Premier Division. Um, Milton are ahead of them, but they've got a game in hand as well. So um, they're hot on the hills with Milton, absolutely. So, um, yeah, they're just having a really fantastic season. And I think it's deserved, really. They've had a couple of tricky seasons in the last couple of uh, years. So um, I think they're finally, they've kind of found their feet finally, really. Um, They were sitting at the bottom of the table for two seasons, I think it was. And I think, the previous season they just about stayed up um so yeah i think this since the 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 regional split for the southern region this has been a really good chance for them to really push on and make a difference so yeah yeah i mean that it sounds like it, although that elected uh, relegation would probably have been a tough decision to make it was probably a very good one just basic, rather than sort of hanging around trying to avoid relegation at the bottom of a table it's uh, meant they can sort of um come down a level and actually be a bit more competitive. And uh, like you say, I saw them at the, towards the beginning of this run they're on at the moment play uh, home against uh, Kidlington Youth. And uh, they won that game 3-0. And yeah, Kidlington, who, who a decent mid-table side, never really looked like uh, scoring at all, to be honest, in that game. And uh, Woodley scored three early goals and that was it, game over. So uh, yeah, they looked like a very sort of uh, efficient um uh, strong organized unit so uh yeah uh, good luck to them and in the premier division on the uh, southern region women's football league uh as we've got you on abby we might as well talk about uh, another side that will be looking to go up although they're slightly further behind uh their um competitors uh, ascot united they are currently in second place seven points behind abingdon united but they do have two games in hand 
So another potential promotion uh, chase there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> ambitions are strong this season as well, and that's reflected in the team. They're also a team who have kept a lot of the core group, but um, made a few really good additions as well. Um, it's been a it's a it's a funny old division, the Premier Division. I'll be honest, in the Southern Region, people take points in the strangest of games. Um, so. You never quite know how you're going to get on, really. But um, there definitely is that element of competition in that top three. Um, and Abingdon and Bournemouth are yet to play each other, if I remember rightly. So there's still plenty to play for. But I think the pressure is on Ascot. They they do need to win the, the last five games of the season, which sounds mental to be in January and they've only got five to play. <laughs> I guess that's uh, the quirks of women's football when there's there's fewer teams in your the division and obviously that regionalisation has been really important, but also means that the pool's a little bit smaller across the board. Um, but yeah, I think the ambition is definitely there, so um, they'll they'll give it a good go certainly. Um, and um, yeah, I think they've they've brought on another coach as well, so. Um, the, the coaching staff is three strong now with Daryl and Alex and they've brought on a guy called Josh as well who's definitely making a difference and making an impact so I think Alex has been really appreciative of um, having him on board um, the FA Cup run obviously was a real disappointment but I think actually it's meant they've switched focus back to the league now so um, I think despite the fact there was there's going to probably be a few more postponements due to the weather um, so the, the season might be a bit longer than actually uh, five games suggests but um yeah, I think they're still definitely up there, ones to watch, without a doubt. Brilliant. Well, hopefully we'll see be talking about some um, Berkshire promotion success on the um, uh, in the women's side and the Southern Regions uh, Football League at the end of the season. Okay, so we'll jump back now to the men's side and talk about the um, the title picture in the combined counties uh, Division One because there are three sides in the immediate. Uh, um, contention for promotion and uh, probably a couple of others that will be sort of have one eye on the playoffs as well. Uh, so Tom, do you want to take us through this as uh, well, Langley top of the league, should we say 21 yes. games, 47 points. Um, Sandhurst in third, 17 games. So four games in hands on Langley, uh, 42 points, only five games behind. Uh, Barks County also there, 20 games played, 37 points. So 10 points behind Langley. Uh, but uh, having played one game fewer. Um, in this division, one goes up automatically and four into um, the playoffs. And, you know, Woodley and Eversley in California, perhaps further down the table, having uh, one eye, just looking at those uh, that playoff picture. Uh, they're, only, they're both 34 points outside the, um, the last place in the playoffs. But let's start with the top there. Let's start with Langley and the title pick, um, the title race. Um, have you seen much of them this season? What do you make of them, Tom? Um, I all so the, the most I've seen of Langley is is various clips on uh, on Twitter and on on YouTube. Um, but you you know it's hard not to not to sort of pay attention to them really. Um, they are scoring goals for fun. Um, I don't know if any of you saw the the back heel goal in their recent five nil win. Um, who was that against the five nil win? Uh, Brookhouse. Um, there's a back heel goal. If that's not in contention for goal of the month. For January, um, then then there's something seriously wrong. Um, but they've 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 been they've been dishing out dishing out hammerings left, right, and centre. Um, I think uh, I think I think you still have to look at Sandhurst Town as probably the favourites. They they simply have four games in hand. Mm. Um, now 
you, it, it's a very much a points on paper versus points in reality. Um, so they've, they've, you know, they've still got to go and win those four games in hand that they've got. But you would think, you know, and this is despite Sanders having a managerial change this season, um, you'd expect them to to eventually top the table. But um, I'm not sure if the two sides have met yet this season. So they may well have have one or two games against each other to play. Um, I didn't get a chance to look at the look at the fixtures, but I don't know if all the fixtures. I, are I don't think they have. I don't think they have. No, I don't no. think they've played each other yet. So. Uh... That's, Langley uh, and Barts County have played each other. Barts County won that three-one. Yes, yeah. you're you're right. They've got there's um there's one game on the 18th of Feb, um, Sandhurst v Langley, and then the reverse fixture is on the 10th of April. So you know if Langley won both of those, then you know that that swings that thing swings things around a bit, doesn't it? So yeah. um there's there's certainly some big games coming up for Langley as you as you say, Abby. Barts County they've got to play, um De- uh, Deportivo Galicia they've got to play as well. So. Um, you know, there's a few, but but you know they're not shy on dishing out the odd hammering here and there. Um, I think they've scored five goals, certainly three or four times so far this season. Six there against Cove. So um, I just just can't stand. There was a nil nil, nil nil against Bag. Was it? I think Bagshot. Anyway, whoever whoever it was. But yeah, um, they they certainly score goals. They play at Arbor Park, the home of Slough Town. Um, so there, there's a lot going on there, and they, and they seem to be. Um, they've certainly turned. Turn things around. They've got they've got new ownership. Um, I confess I don't know a lot about that, but we are trying to to do a little bit more around Langley. So you know, um, but as I say, Sandhurst will will certainly be the favourites. But there's a couple of games coming up that that could throw uh, throw things wide open. I, I think you you have to say Langley have to win both of those games against against Sandhurst to stand a chance of the title. Mm. Yeah, well, we like to say both teams still in contention for promotion, as there is the playoff picture to have as well. Uh, so, but we should also say that Sandhurst have dished out some pretty big hammerings. They mm, have, yes. They've only played once since uh, the end of November, uh, and that was on the 27th uh, of December, uh, and winning 6-0 against Hillingdon Borough, um, you know, just after Christmas there. So uh, pretty good themselves. And they've also won 10-0 at um, CB Hounslow earlier in the season. So, uh yeah, they they get a few good goals as well. So the games between those those two sides could be uh, quite entertaining. Um, and with Barks County also there in the mix, you know, looking for perhaps more of a promotion um, playoff place at the moment rather than perhaps the title. Uh, I think we've got a, a lot of uh, Berkshire interest in the combined counties Div One at the moment. Uh, it's looking like a really fun league to um, to follow this year. Uh, there's also a couple of teams like FC Deportivo Galicia, who are only uh, four points behind Langley with a game in hand. So they can't be counted out as well. But uh, we could be talking about two Berkshire sides going up towards the end of the season. Um, yeah. Uh, is Before we wrap off, is there any other um, clubs or um, or divisions you want to talk about uh, before we uh, end the show? Yeah, just wanted to just really quickly fly. I haven't had a chance to write this up yet, and I've I've been meaning to. But um, it's just Thames Valley League Premier Division. Yes. You see, you've got Yately, got Yately United kind of running away with it. They beat Finch in Champstead the other week. Um, I, I you know it's Yately United's to lose now. Thirteen wins from thirteen games. Um, you know, I presume they have applied to go up. The ground mm-hmm. is certainly there. Um, if Yaley United aren't step six side next season, I'll be very, very surprised. And they look likely, looks like they will stop Finch Hampstead's three in a row. Um, 
which is obviously you know a good variety in in that division is good. Um, Burfield uh, will probably be the other challengers, but having said that, they've lost two already this season. They've only played six games, so they are well off the pace at the moment. Um, I think the, the the thing the reason I brought Yately up was because while they had um, like five hundred odd that they came against Finch Hampstead over Christmas mm. at the other end of the table, the league lost two sides in um, Windlesham and Chobham and Charvy Sports, both sides have pulled out of the league. They're not the first sides to pull out of the league this season either with um, Rother Field. Um, and I feel certain there was another side that, that pulled out as well. Um, so, you know, one at the top end of the table, they're getting crowds of 500, albeit on a favourable um, day just after New Year's Day um, and a favourable kickoff that meant people could get more than one game in, in a day. But still, you know, 500 whilst at the other end, you've got you've got teams pulling out. So mm. it's a bit of a contrast top and bottom of that table. Um, so we'll we'll see. Of course, um, th- I think the other team I was thinking of was Mortimer, but Mortimer didn't fold. They just moved to Hellenic 2. Yeah. Um, so I think, it- yeah, Burfield uh, have only played six games because they mm. played a few games against these teams that have now uh, uh, folded. Yeah. And so... Yeah. Uh, um, They've had the yes. results. And in fact, uh, Yately's record was even better. Um, mm. They had a 100% record, I think, from 14 or 15 games uh, before these two clubs pulled out. But yeah, Yately did apply to go up last season and for some reason uh, did, were unsuccessful. Um, uh, because but... who else went up instead? Someone went up instead? I can't remember now. Don't know. But yeah. Did they? I don't think anyone... Well, no, it should sure. have been Finch, shouldn't it? But well, yeah. It's anyone from the top five, yeah. uh, as long as... Uh, only one allowed from the division goes up every year, but you have to pass the ground grading to do it. Yes. And you have to... It, like So it's anyone from the top five. You can't just have anyone in the division lower down. Um, but Finch, uh, its ground doesn't meet the, the gradings. And then I think it was uh, Burfield next... Um, and uh, they obviously don't, so no. um, it goes further and further down. But yes, uh, Yately weren't allowed last year. I'm not quite sure why. Um, but uh, one other thing to note is that the reverse fixture, Finch Hampstead versus Yately, is happening this weekend. So wow. if anyone is local and wants to go see a game and it's not rained off, keep your fingers crossed, then that would be a, a pretty good fixture to um, head down to if you want to see some Step 7 football. Um, um, it would also just be remiss of me really quickly not to mention Newbury in Hellenic Division 2 East. Oh, yes. Um, eight wins from eight games in the league. Um, they also beat Reading YMCA in the County Cup last weekend. They've scored 32 goals, conceding just two. Um, they're, they're they're currently homeless. They play at Lambourne Sports. Um, I think it's Lambourne Sports. I might be getting that wrong. Apologies. Anyway, if you want to go and watch Newbury, um, they're a really good side. Um, they they won't be they won't be going up because you can't. There there are the Hellenic twos are outside the pyramid, so they won't be a Division One side next season. Um, I'm not quite sure what the what the future holds for for what Newbury want to do. I'm not even sure they can apply. Mm. Um, they'd have to. I think they'd have to be in back in the Thames Valley Premier League to do that. But, but maybe that's what they'll do. I don't know. But yeah, I just feels remiss to, to not mention them. Didn't uh, someone like Charvi come up from the Hellenic Two one they year? Did, maybe that was before. Um, that the Division Twos were sort of part of the system then. Okay. It was sort of back when the Hellenic could kind of had a bit more ability to do what they wanted, whereas they they don't anymore. Gotcha. They get they get told now who's going where. Okay, and sounds good. And Abby, is there anyone you want to call out, or just who's having a good season and one to watch out for um, before we wrap up? Um, I imagine 
Ascot's reserve side, the Phoenix side, would be gunning for promotion. They're currently sitting second in Division 1 of the Thames Valley, so it could be that, um, well, if promotion goes well for the first team, obviously they'll be out in the Southern Region, but we could still have another Ascot Southern Region side in there um, if they can defeat, I think it's St Peter's Bradwell, possibly. Um, so, yeah, they're going fairly well. Um, generally across the Thames Valley, um most of our Berkshire sides are sort of mid-table so far this season. Um, I think obviously where there's been the big restructure, it's been a bit of a move about for people, so readjusting to playing some new teams and stuff like that. So but I think that just shows how much more competitive another season for women's football's been in the area in general. So um, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing that we're seeing lots of our teams mid-table. So, um, yeah. Good stuff indeed. All right. Well, that's about it from us this week. Um, I hope you've enjoyed the slightly uh, ad hoc mid-season review. Um, yeah, we, hopefully we've covered your club and uh, you're looking for some promotion or silverware at the end of the season. And uh, if you are, we're looking forward to reporting on that as the as the months go by. Uh, but for now, um, you can follow us on Twitter at, at FI Berkshire. Uh, Facebook, search for football in Berkshire, Instagram, and even LinkedIn, uh, or just go old school and go to www.footballinberkshire.co.uk. Otherwise, we uh, will hopefully see you next week. So until then, it's goodbye from Tom. Bye. Goodbye from Abby. See ya. And it's goodbye from me. Goodbye. This episode of Berkshire Football Stories was hosted by Rob Davis and featured Abby Tysurst and Tom Canning. It was produced by Tom Canning. Our intro music is called Space Camp from the album Everyday Adventures by Reading's very own Rocket Kings, which you can find on Spotify and at all good music outlets. Find Football in Berkshire on Twitter, Facebook and at www.footballinberkshire.co.uk. Berkshire Football Stories is sponsored by the Curious Academy, skills hub running the Sales Academy, digital skills boot camps and data analytics training in Reading. To find out more, head to thecuriousacademy.co.uk.
This episode of Berkshire Football Stories was hosted by Rob Davis and featured Abby Tysurst and Tom Canning. It was produced by Tom Canning. Our intro music is called Space Camp from the album Everyday Adventures by Reading's very own Rocket Kings, which you can find on Spotify and at all good music outlets. Find Football in Berkshire on Twitter, Facebook and at www.footballinberkshire.co.uk.